Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. But you know, before I read that psalm, there was two words that came to me. And they're very simple words. And the words are this, you are. You know, when we look in the Bible, we often look for answers to our situations. We often look at what's, you know, what does God want to say to us? And sometimes we miss what God wants to say to us because we're looking for him either to answer our needs or to do something in our lives. But the first thing we need to see is in the scriptures all the way through. First of all, speaking to God's children in the Old Testament, and now God's children in the New Testament. And if you're born again, then you're one of God's kids. If you're not born again, it's already been said this morning, you can do that now. You don't even have to wait till I finish preaching. It's pretty easy to get born again. You know, you don't have to go through a special prayer. You don't have to go through some kind of, uh, you know, follow these words. You can just say, Lord, come into my life or help, Lord, and acknowledge him and he'll come into your life. That deals with those that are not born again. But those that are born again, the Bible says more about you than it does about many other things that we hang our lives on. So very often in the Bible it says, you are, or it speaks about you. I include myself in that because I'm you as well as me. You understand that? So God speaks and he says, you are. Now in the book of Peter, and I think it's chapter 2 if I remember rightly, he says, you are a chosen generation or if you want to just stop the generation bit you are chosen now does that mean and i've got to be careful because some people have different uh, uh, ideas of doctrine than i do as far as i'm concerned every one of us is chosen by jesus because he wants us all to come to salvation that's what the bible says but if you've come to faith then you are chosen God didn't make a mistake when he called you to himself. He may have been calling you to himself for a very long time. And some people got calls, but they never come. I remember years ago, I had a girlfriend, don't tell my wife, I had a girlfriend when I was about 17. I never asked her to go out with me. She was a girlfriend, okay, or friend girl. But I never asked her to go out with me in case it broke our friendship. So... In the end, I married Ros, which was absolutely right in God. But we took her mum and dad to a, an evangelistic meeting. And her mum wanted to go forward. And the dad sat there with his legs like this. And we're praying, ready for him to go forward. And the, the, the service went on and the, and the call came for people to receive Christ. And he kept kind of almost going, but he never went. And from that moment on he never ever went to another service he could have gotten saved but he decided no I'm not going to get saved and it's a decision of our will but once you make that decision you are chosen 
by God. Isn't that wonderful? And we're chosen for many glorious things. Now, if you've got, or you don't need your Bibles, do you? Because it's going up here. Let me get rid of my Bible because I've got no notes, but I have got Bible readings written down. And I just want to read some of this to you this morning, and then we'll see where we go. That particular verse talks about a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That's good, isn't it? A holy nation. Now, let me just mention this. You do not get holy by managing to keep all the law. You know, if you... Well, next, is, when is it you're going to watch the football? You know, you can watch the football. It doesn't mean you, like, you, you lose your holiness. It just means it drives you around the bend. My wife loves the football. I hate it. And I sit there on my iPad, and then suddenly I hear a great big scream at the top of a... And a goal is scored. Or a moan. I hate football. But, you know, you can love football and still love Jesus. You can go through all kinds of situations. You can make mistakes. But you're still God's special people. And you know, the problem often with Christians is that when people make mistakes, we tend to judge them on the mistakes they make or the issues that they take. But God doesn't. He says, you are. You are a chosen people. Now, if you've can put the psalm up. It's a different version, but you can follow it. It says this, Psalm 100. Oh, you're not going to put it up. Good. Okay, you can follow me then. And by the way, I'm going to stop as I do this because there are certain things when I'm reading the Bible that grab me, almost grab me by the throat, you know, and I think, wow, I've been reading this for years, but ah, so there's two ways to read the Bible. You can read it and then afterwards forget what you've read, or you can allow it to grab hold of you. Listen to what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. I'm going to pause. We live in a society where people talk about benefits, you know, if you're elderly like me, I will be 80 in January, and, uh, you know, they, they tell me that I get benefits. What they don't say is, I paid in for those benefits, so actually, they're my dues. They're not my benefits. But here in the Bible, we have benefits from God that we did not earn, and as far as God is concerned... He will give us those benefits because of his love. So I said earlier, you are. You are loved. You are cared for. You are looked after. Everything about our God seeks to surround us and hug us in. So what does it say? Forget not his benefits. Then it gives a list of benefits. He forgives all your sins. Have you sinned recently? Do you know, when I was younger, I still do it sometimes, I would go and confess the same thing from, to God that I'd done last week because somehow I didn't think that it must have taken, so I wanted to make sure. But as soon as you and I, and we'll see it in this psalm in a minute, as soon as you and I confess our sins to the Lord, as soon as we speak to him, he forgives 
all of our iniquity, all the stuff that's gone on in the past, the mistakes we've made, the choices we've made that turned out not to be good, God forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you, I love this, with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things. I like this. Les, this is for us. I know you're a lot younger than me. He renews our youth. People keep saying to me, are you going to retire soon? They've asked me that since I was 65. Let me tell you something. If I drop dead here, carry on the service, give my wife a call and tell her to come and pick me up in something. <laughs> but the fact is, I'm not going to retire because I've been called by God, the same as you've been called by God, to serve him, to live for him. And one day, when I go cold, I shall wake up warm in heaven. Because, by the way, it's not just hell that's hot. Heaven is warm. It's a good temperature to be. So the fact is, you know, he forgives our sins, he heals our diseases. And what did I say in those verses? He renews our youth like eagles. The Lord executes judgments and justice for all who are oppressed he makes known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. You know, Moses was very special. But you and I, being born again, come under that special place in God. He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts. You know, the children of Israel only saw what God did. And they saw when God provided, they saw when God judged, they saw when God punished, they saw. But Moses was in a different place with God. He knew why God was doing what he was doing. And so he showed his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. If you want to know the ways of God, then keep in the word and keep in prayer. God shows you his ways. Then he goes on to say, the Lord is merciful and gracious. I should only be reading this because this is my message. He's uh, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Then it says this, verse 11. As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. We have such a loving and merciful God. I want you to take hold of that this morning. Don't look at me blank and smile a little because you frighten me otherwise. He's merciful, merciful. I've lived since I was seven as a believer, although I never was an unbeliever because I was brought up in a Christian home and always believed. But I have met so many scribes and Pharisees amongst the children of God. Bless their hearts, they're in heaven now. My parents were like the scribes and Pharisees. You shouldn't wear that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I was a bit like that with my girls. You shouldn't have your ears pierced. After my girls had their ears pierced, because God told me, do you think my children in the wilderness had clip-ons? Now, if you're against pierced ears, just let me go. It's okay, it's not a problem. But, you know, when, when I got to the stage where I said, all right, go and have your ears pierced, my wife went as well. And then all the church, ladies in the church, not the men, all the ladies in the church followed suit. But I was brought up in a very strict 
regime. And whatever was good was against God. And whatever was bad was, oh, God loved that. So I lived my life trying to please God all of the time. But, you know, as I read the word of God, it's, God is totally different. As high as the heavens are from the earth, God's mercy. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And by the way, he'll remember them no more. So don't go to God and say, Lord, I've done it again. Done what again? Well, what I did last week. Doesn't remember last week, but because he puts it out of the way. But your friends, your Christian friends, may remind you, but God won't. And one of the aspects of the devil is we, he will always remind us of the things that we have done wrong. One of the aspects of God is he will always encourage us to move away from that and to move on into holiness. Please understand this. I could come and I could preach to you and really condemn you all. And you walk out thinking, oh dear, I feel bad. I've been in many services like that. But just over the last number of years, particularly since lockdown, and all this stuff has been going on, and we're told either we're going to die of cold, I almost did in Dartford this morning as I walked the streets, or we're going to starve to death. I want to tell you something. God takes care of his children. And I'm not at all worried about my electric bill or my gas bill or, or my food or whatever. You know, why? Because God has promised to take care of his children. He says, you are my children. In the Bible, it, it says that he never sees his children begging bread. Okay, let's go on because I've only read the reading and this was supposed to be at the beginning. It says here, as the father pitieth his children... So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knows our frame. In other words, he knows at the way that we are. He knows. Why? Because he made us. Now, if I was God, I wouldn't have made me like me. I would have given me a real handsome face. I would stay slim. You know, I would want to be an Adonis with big muscles. One of the things that I used to do was never wear a short sleeve shirt on the beach. Do you know why? Because I've got skinny arms and I used to wait for that man to come along and kick sand in my face like it said in the adverts. But you know, God makes us the way that we are and he finds beauty in every one of us. A beauty, of course, is on the inside, but I'm looking at you lot and I think you've got a pretty good lot of beauty on the outside too. God looks at us and he approves because we're made in his image. That doesn't mean that I look like God in the sense that, you know, he's got my kind of nose or eyes. It simply means that he has made us. He knows our frame. I'm just going to finish this particular bit. It just goes on to say, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Verse 17. Verse 19, the Lord has established his throne. That's got rid of my notes. And then it says, bless the Lord. It finishes as it began. Bless the Lord. All his works and all, in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. Folks, we are blessed. He knows us. 
He knows every detail of our lives. Now I want to just flip over because I intended to read that at the beginning and kind of got stuck. I can't read the Bible without mentioning certain things that grab me. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Do you know something? God wanted you in his family. And if you kind of think to yourself, I don't know how God chose me, then you have to realize that he put his hand on you. You were in his foreknowledge. Now, does that mean if Fred comes in, or whatever his name is, and sits here, and he's not a believer, that God doesn't love him, God doesn't want him? Absolutely not. God loves Fred as much as he loves me. And his desire is to see Fred in the kingdom. That's why he died on the cross. He didn't just die for you, love. He died for the whole world, the Bible says. And if he died for the whole world, then his desire is to see Fred coming into his kingdom. Now, is there any Freds in the room? Oh, praise God for that, because they didn't want to... If Fred never, never committed his life to God, I can tell you he won't be in heaven. I take funeral after funeral. I've taken hundreds of funerals. And the wonderful thing about funerals is they stick the box at the front. And if they're a believer, I always tap the box. Not because I want them to get out, although it would be a shock if they did. But the fact is this. I always say, whatever their name is, is not in there. It's the body that they lived in. Where are they then? They're in glory. And I always say to my family, when I die, don't come to the funeral and sit there crying as if somehow my body's in there. Yes, it's the place I live, but I'll be in glory. And of course, they can cry because they are going to miss me, but then they can rejoice because I'll leave them something in my will. But the fact is... <laughs> The fact is, when we die, we go to be with Jesus. But sometimes I do a funeral and the person that died, as far as we know, didn't know the Lord. Only God knows that, of course. And they're going to a lost eternity. And I don't, don't want to depress you, but heaven and hell are real. But, you know, don't spend your time thinking. If you're born again, oh dear, I did this. Maybe God won't bring me to heaven. I want to tell you something. God will bend over backwards to get you into heaven. Why? Because he loves you. Anybody got children in this room? You got children, good. How much do you love them? Oh, if I was to give you the mic now, you would speak really well of them. Of course, when you're home, they might get on your nerves a bit, and you might have to discipline them. You know, that happens, doesn't it? But then if somebody else says, your kids, woo, you're ready for a fight. Because your kids are your kids, you love them. And God is the same. When the devil goes and stands before God and accuses you, and says, hey, look at what they did. God says, they're mine. Why? Because Jesus is there at his right hand. And he says, they belong to me. And when he says they belong to me, please understand this. There is a pride in the heart of Jesus over his children that have come to him 
and committed their lives to him. So what's it say? Has the time, ooh. Did someone turn that clock on? It says, by his great mercy, we have been born again because God raised him from the dead. And I don't know if I spoke this once when I came here. Now we live with great expectation. What is your expectation as you come to the place where we'll be turning into 2023? Let me tell you something. 23 won't be any different to 22 unless we're different. As we approach 23, we can approach it with a longing to do the will of God. We stood a few minutes ago and we raised our hands to the community here. And you're going to get opportunities to share the Lord with people in your community. Now, don't kind of grab them by the throat and shake them, but share the love of Jesus with them. And as they walk past and say, what are you lot doing there on a Sunday morning? Well, come and find out. So we're here to be salt and light in the earth. We're here to be salt and light in the world. It goes on to say this. We live with great expectation. By the way, people that don't have any expectation will get exactly what they're not expecting. If you don't expect anything... I, did, I probably told you this, but when I retired at 70 from New Life, I pastored a church for over 40 odd years, didn't get paid because they didn't take a salary. I lived trusting God and he never let me down. But then people kept saying to me, what are you going to do when you leave the church? And I said, what do you mean? Well, how are you going to live? I said, live the way I've lived in the last 40 odd years. God's going to provide. But you know, it can get you a bit dodgy, can't it? And so I said to the Lord one day, I told you this, I was preaching in a church and just before I said, Lord, I need to, for you to just confirm that you're going to provide when I leave the church. And I said, 10 I now wish I'd said 100, but I said, I said 10 pounds will do. And I preached and I sat down in my normal seat and uh, rose up to sing the last song and what have you. Then I sat down and I stood up and picked up my phone and my iPad and paraphernalia. And there on my seat was a £10 note. I don't know how it got there. All right, there were people sitting behind me, but they didn't hear me say to the Lord, £10 will do. But you see, God provides. Why did I say that? It's because I know that we, as we face this coming year, need to face it with expectation, need to face it with faith. Because if the Christians go around complaining about their situation, the world will never see that God is our provider. And when the, the people of the world begin to cry out because they're in despair, and some of them will be, you'll be able to say, listen, Come to Jesus, he's my provider. Does that mean that Christians always have plenty of money in their pockets? I haven't got a brass farthing in mine. I thought I'd come after the offering. Got nothing. But the fact is that God's my provider. And I have seen the Lord provide in so many ways. Sometimes I preach on faith because I've lived faith. I've had to see God move in the most unexpected ways ways 
and God has always come through. Let's finish this off because I know you're dying to get another cup of coffee or whatever. It says that we have a great expectation, we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance, listen to this, that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Now, I don't know how old some of you are. Some of you are young, but some might be. Anybody kind of up to about 75 in the place? I'm 79, so I don't mind putting my hand up. I've been saved since I was seven. You work it out. It's quite a long time. And my, my fellowship with God and my salvation hasn't diminished one iota. Have I made mistakes all big time? Have I done things that, that displease God? Yes, I have. Are there things that I regret in my life? Yes, there are. But my God is a God that loves. And he says, your reward, your heavenly reward, will never, ever devalue or diminish. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to receive the reward that Jesus paid the price for. Let me just quickly finish this off. It says this, in, uh, um, the inheritance is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay, and through faith, God is protecting you until you receive the salvation that will be ready to be revealed at the last day, last time. So God has got everything in hand as far as we are concerned. He's protecting us, and one day it's all going to be revealed. And by the way, I was brought up to believe, I'm sure some of you might know this, that if you sinned, it would be shouted from the housetops. Anybody ever had that teaching? My parents used to say, be, be shouted from the housetops, and man, was I embarrassed. I didn't mind, you know, things going on where nobody could see, but I didn't want it shouting from the housetops. But let me tell you something. If you're born again of the Spirit of God, and if you're keeping in fellowship with God, you will not be embarrassed in heaven. There's going to be no queue in heaven, so you won't be at the back of the queue. Because God loves you as much as he loves Probably, if we put it this way, the greatest saint that ever lived. I don't know who the greatest saint that ever lived is. Some think it was Billy Graham. Some think it was uh, Mother Teresa. I don't know who you think it is. But I tell you this, I'm up there with the crowd, and so are you. Because he loves us in the same way. Now, I'm going to finish because I've been 25 minutes, and I'm sorry that it's been a little bit confusing, but as I say, I got very cold walking around town, and my brain power was a bit muddled. I also have a bad cough after moving around. So, let's just pray together. You've already been prayed for by the dear sister that led the worship, and you, you came to the front. I'm not going to call anybody to the front now. But what I want you to do is to take hold of the fact that you are and all the things that you are. You are loved by God. You are called by God. You are held in the hand of God. You are provided for by God. 
There is nothing outside of God that you need because He provides it all, practically as well as spiritually. And if you've gone through a difficult time, and there are people here, and you've gone through a difficult time, things have been difficult. The last year or so may have been difficult for you. I want to tell you, God knew all about that. He knew all about it because he knows the end from the beginning. And he wants you to begin to count on who you are in Christ. Take a look at who you are in the Word of God and all that you've got in Jesus. Oh, who am I? I'm loved by God himself. I'm one of his children. He's prepared a place for me. He's prepared a place for me. He hasn't prepared a room. He's prepared a mansion. I don't like these new translations that say he's prepared a room. I've lived in a room. I want a mansion in heaven. And that's what God has got for each one of us. He's got the best because he's God. Father, I want to thank you for this, the provision of this school. Lord, for the church here. I want to pray for Bev as she's having a problem with, with this uh, thing in her chest. Father, just touch her by the power of his spirit. I want to pray for, for Chris as his ministry in Africa and also seeing family. Father, will you bless him? And when he returns, give him a safe journey. Pray for their kids. Bless them too. Thank you that you've raised them up to lead the church here. And Father, I pray your blessing now upon each person in this room, anybody outside of the room. We pray your blessing on them, the children, whatever. Pray your blessing. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray that blessing that you taught the elders in Israel to pray over their children. The Lord bless you and keep you. <coughs> the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, no.